has a cobalt car. I don't even know what class it was. I guess maybe the a druid or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably something. But basically, like this guy's got like these trap boxes and stuff all over the place. And Chris Perkins had it that he had like a bag full of like buzzing wasps, and he had his weapon was a stick with a scorpion tied to the end of it. And he had I can't remember what else he had a box of like centipedes or something that he throws on people. So his attack was like poke them so they get one piercing plus the poison. Uh, from this scorpion stabbing. He, uh, he also recently co-starred on. Uh, watch the table. Uh, he also recently uh, co-starred on Hello from the Magic Tavern. Oh yeah, and he played a Modron, and it was hilarious. You know, I find that th- okay. This is why I don't like actual play podcasts. Is because you end up with a guest star that comes in and steals the show by being this wacky little one-off character. <laughs> and you guys know me and D and D. I want the guts of it. I yep. want it to be realistic and grim <laughs> and dirty and gross. And as much as I do have my Acronis characters and yeah. Yormi and all of these other fantastic little com- comedic relief things, they are the relief because, my God, we need a break from this depressing, horrid shit that's happening. Yeah. And well, so when I listen to actual game, uh, actual play uh, podcasts, all I hear is people sitting around laughing. And going, ha, 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 I got to roll a... <laughs> dicks and stuff. I'm like, why do people? So here's my thing for the cold open. Why are why do people listen to to actual play podcasts? I, 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 be I don't clear. understand. I want to be real clear. Uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern isn't an actual play podcast. It is a, a, a improv drama set in a fantasy world. Sure. But still, there's no dice that are rolled. None of that. But that's that one you're talking about. That it, one. It, but in like, general, like, I've listened to Critical Role, and maybe it's just maybe it's just not me. Like it's not my my flavor. But I, Matt Coville just released a new one, and I listened to it, and it's better than most. I really like what I enjoyed it until they started to like show about the tavern and start start the the actual session as they were simply going oh here are stats this is what we're rolling and here's what i played and this is remember from this previous campaign and they were all standing around talking about their D session yeah i'm in then they're like okay now let's see you start on a dreary night when i'm, I'm i don't care I, i'm i'm out, i'm listening to someone else have fun oh no and yeah, i don't get it it's like uh, watching people play video games well is it because because this segues into what, what we're talking about today which is that you don't enjoy listening to other people just doing role playing as though you're listening to like some sort of improv show you prefer the guts and the the bones of it more is that why you don't like it so you like to listen to podcasts about D D, such as it's a mimic or rather than just <laughs> listening to people play the game uh, you know I uh, yes I I really do love my Matt Coville and my um dungeon cast and web dm and whatnot like they they are great sources of inspiration for me but when i sit down and i listen to an actual game an actual gameplay podcast i go yeah i would have done that differently no why are you doing that what's going and <laughs> i'm just, just yelling just... At, at my speakers for the next <laughs> four hours and i don't understand like, and is that just am i the only one that does no that? no for me, for me, before we start okay Dungeons and dragons is collaborative storytelling and I like listening to other people go through that process, and I, I'm just the fly on the wall going, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, well, right? See, I want campaign diaries. Yes, I want that one person, and then this happened, and then this but happened. But I, I, I like being present, in quotations, when the big things are revealed to the party. I know like, what you're saying, but we're going to go all day on this. I can see where you, t- and I know how you two operate, and we do <laughs> have to start this podcast, pod- podcast, this podcast. I also know, that's exactly what I expected. We have to when start you this like, podcast, but we're going to keep talking about it, damn it. Just my last point. I'm the Dungeon Master. When you were like, 
It's, I kind of remember what you said. Because I would have done it differently. I was like, just like world building. And it just went, I don't want to listen to you play the game because you're playing the game wrong. And that's not how I would play the game. It's not, it's not even that you're playing it wrong. It's just that that's not how I would do it. And so when I listened to it, honestly, when I was listening to Matt Coville's, I paused it over and over and over again because I'm like, that's weird. That's strange. Why would you do that? And I'm I'm tearing it apart from a meta perspective, mm-hmm. and I can't enjoy it at okay. that point. Right? You need to play Dungeons and Dragons okay. more. We have to pause this. Dungeons and Dragons. We have left. to start the podcast. Okay. We'll talk about this at the end of the podcast. Okay. Okay. Podcast. We're talking about role playing today. Intro music. Go. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Gets better every time. I love it. Perfect. Okay, team, today we are talking about... It's the same every time. That was the joke. Thank you. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Okay, team, today we are talking about role-playing, one of my favorite subjects when it comes to D&D, and I'm so glad we finally got to this podcast episode where I can be the Dungeon Master. My name is Terry. You can call me... Both of you can call me either Master, Sir, Dominus... This got this is a different podcast again. That was oh, this is that's the other one. That's the my other, other yeah. dungeon master yeah. job. Which right, makes I, I, sense now that so there's. Currently I prefer somewhere in Vancouver. I prefer Triza. Is that what we were we were we were trying to give each other hip hop well, names the other day? Yeah, Triza. we were Triza. Yeah, <laughs> Triza. That currently there's a group of people wearing black and shiny clothing sat around a table looking at my notes about D and D. They're going to be very confused. Yeah, uh, there may be some notes in here that, that don't make sense to you, but I'll skip over those. Okay. Role playing. I don't think paddle's a weapon, <laughs> but it should be. But it should be. Okay, we're talking about on how you use it. All different aspects of role playing because it's my favorite part of the game. I would like to know, guys. Firstly, starting from character creation and then going into the game itself, uh, how you build your characters, not in complete detail, but with regards to how you're going to play them. Are you ready to roll? Rolling polyhedrals first. Poly. Yeah, that's yeah. Let's roll a d twenty. I that was 17? going to be a twenty. Oh, I was on a twenty. You knocked my die over to a two. You well, terrible. I am the dungeon master. The podcast is not over. Don't listen to him. He's a former dungeon master. Uh, Dan, you win. Yeah, I won. I got the eighteen. You got the seventeen. Okay, so Adam uh, got a two. He got a two. Boom. And it was always a two. Boom. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to character creation, um, I have uh, friends who will probably, after they listen to this episode, come to me and be like, "Hey, no," but. I tend to write a story first. I I sit there and I figure out what I want to play. I want to figure out why it's different. I've gotten a lot of heck for playing Oscar the Barbarian in this podcast as well as for the you past few years. You wear that badge proudly. I do. But whenever I try to roll that half-orc barbarian, he makes two sessions, and then I roll the character I actually want to play. In the game of D&D, where you can be whoever you want at any time, you play the same half-orc barbarian 21 times. Every single time, time. yeah. (laughs) So uh, what I do is I I sit back and I figure out what haven't I played, what what, which is hard to do when you've played for 25 years. Um, I I, I figure out what I want to do, and then I go from there, and I build the story, and then I stat him out with uh, my 46 roll, drop the lowest... Um, I'll typically roll, depending on who's DMing, three arrays and then pick the one I like the most. Um, and I'll stat them out, build them after I have this story built. So like with my current character... Can you say you roll your stat block three times and then pick the one you like the best? We did that with this campaign. Yeah, no, I know. Just just double checking. What? So you roll... Four. I roll three stat blocks. Right. 
and then I pick the stat block that I like the best at the end. If but I clear with the DM first. Like that's what I've done at tables. So why are you guys giving me I weird just looks? Cl- Am so I the only I just one that does cl- this? Clarify yeah. something. So basically, when you're rolling for strength, rolling for dex, rolling for con, do you do that in order so your first roll is strength? Yes. Regardless. Yes. Oh. Okay, so now that's why yeah, that confused so, so, me. Okay, yeah. That was a little different than you just roll and slot in wherever you want. I, you do that three I times. slot in wherever I want. Yeah, me too. I no, 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 no. I, I roll three. I make the character and then I roll the three stats and whatever those are the three stat lines and whatever those three stat lines are, that's what I put in the character. Okay, if you okay. do, that's this, how if you I do it in a set order, that's okay. I thought he was just like going, ah, these this six numbers don't work. This one has more 17s, so I like this one. These no, six no. numbers <laughs> don't work for me. <laughs> okay, well, that's well, okay. It, it, yeah. It's why, like, Rezu had a six dex, right? Like, yep. I'm with you. I did wonder about it. But, yeah, that's 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 how I roll characters is I, I create a story of this character that I want and usually I'll get loose bones of the story then i'll roll the actual character it's level one right mm-hmm. so you gotta kind of keep it not as epic like you're not that born under a sigil of a of a certain constellation when the planets aligned and spent years uh pushing a gigantic gear on a mountain like no no <laughs> you were not you one. were not raised as the lone child in a order of monks who have been working on you for years and now what you if you want to be to what if you want to be uh you can but remember you're level one yeah we all know that right but like you still might want to be you could die to a goblin in the forest yeah make a character that could die to a goblin in the forest but right like that that that's that's kind of my perspective on it I'm right and now if you're joining a campaign and you're starting at level 12 okay, yeah, go nuts. yeah go nuts but you're starting at level one make a character that makes sense at level one yeah absolutely but you like my point is you can still be this amazing thing but you're level one like just because you come in at level 12 that doesn't you're you're starting at level 12 the game yes but you weren't level 12 when you were the firstborn child of whatever whatever so what i'm saying is like you're not coming into as a as level one campaign uh with a large backstory of i have this storied military oh, like, career with the right? armor so, with okay, the armor yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sword and the experience yeah, you, you no. don't start at level one as general whatever yeah, okay I'm you start at level one as less than private yeah, whatever town guard dance yeah. private whatever <laughs> oh wink okay <laughs> the reason i got a white comment on that do, do i go i went second right? yeah you got second yeah. is because and mark the calendar I agree with Dan. Holy crap. (laughs) I agree with you in that, not that we are correct and everyone else is wrong, but my preference is I build my character backwards. The race is the last thing I choose in my character because numbers and stats... Hashtag Terry's woke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because numbers and stats and what is tactically better on the... I don't care. That's not the game that I play. I I do pick race first. I pick race class combination first and then I build from there. All right. Being honest, sometimes you just want to play or whatever. But like I go, I want to play a gnome fighter. And that's cool. But I'm saying is I have the backstory first. Who do I want to be? Before, what do I want to be? Yeah. What does this make sense? So when I made my my current character, it was more about the person and who I want him to be. Then what does that slot in with? Oh, it seems to slot in with Cleric. So, okay. From there, I go back and I do backgrounds. And then I eventually got to race. And the race was the last thing I chose in my character right now. Uh, because I want to get to grips with who the person is. How am I going to roleplay them before what's their job? Yep. You know? Adam? Uh, okay. Um, I'm... 
I'm going to give this to the players and not to you guys because you guys are in agreement and that's boring to me. Um, to those of you that are listening that are players, the first thing you need to think about when you're building a character is what are you doing with this character? If you're doing a one-shot, I min-max that. And by that I mean do the minimum amount of flaws and the maximum amount of boons. Really build that character because this is a one-shot. You focus on the two or three things they're going to do really, really well because you're going to play this character once. We were we recently said, hey, we're going to do a gladiatorial ring as a one-shot. Mm-hmm. I sat down and I built two characters for it because I needed a backup character. Mm-hmm. And each of these characters was strategically maxed out. I was going to sit there and be like, you guys are going to learn a thing about sorcerers. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> but if I'm coming into a campaign that I'm going to spend the next potential year, year and a half playing this character, I don't want to play strength. That is not a character. That's a stat. So what I do is I sit down, much like you guys do, but I look at the archetype right. that I want to play. And what I do is I go look at movies or TV shows where I say, what's the most interesting character? I want to play Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. I want to play Wesley Wyndham Wis- uh, Price from uh, Angel, specifically. Oh, right? I want to play these, these characters that are dark and flawed and have to make hard choices. And then I say, okay, so what are their flaws? And I pick flaw first, right? Okay, so then after their flaws, what are they really good at? And then I pick their their boons. I don't even have a backstory yet. What I'm doing is I'm saying, in this game, it doesn't matter what country I came from or who my stepfather was in any given battle. It doesn't. It will flavor things, but I don't particularly care for this moment right now. Yep. That's going to fill in the holes. Right. What I want to do is I want to build the... The parts of the character that I'm going to play with more often than anything else, right? One of the things that I really liked about Dan's current character when he first brought it to the table was he said, my character is depressed, upset, and abuses substances. And that has been a defining moment in every single session. Yeah. And I keep on getting a little bit closer to being addicted to this new drug that's available in this world. And Adam keeps on looking at me going, are you sure you're going to gum that? Are you sure? Yeah. And I'm like... Uh, it's not stressful enough to bring out the brown flower right now. We'll wait. <laughs> but but it's important to me because that comes up all the time. It doesn't matter that you were adopted in every single session. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you had a wife that died in every single session. It's come up a lot, mm-hmm. but not consistently. Right. Right. So what I'm sitting there and I'm looking at is what am I using um, for my role playing before I ever look at combat or exploration? Because a lot of times my role playing will determine whether or not I'm going to attack this combat in a certain style, right? I don't even have a class yet. I haven't figured out a race. The race I usually pick because I want to know what background I'm coming from. Am I? There's a big difference between a Goliath and a dwarf and an elf, right? Yeah. And so if I want to play a loner, I'm problem probably not going to be picking a goblin, right? They're pretty social creatures. Yeah. Um, but I may pick a tiefling. Um, and of course, you can always pick human, right? So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> worst race in the book <laughs> but I, I that's where I come at it from and then I look at what class is going to get me there for about level 8 mm-hmm. um, sometimes I have to multi-class to get there but a lot of the times I I need to know where I'm going eventually yeah. um, so I don't look at whether or not I want to be able to steal I look at whether or not I'm sneaky and it's a role playing thing am I sneaky? yes then I'm probably not a paladin Unless I'm a paladin with levels of rogue for some reason, and that's going to be weird. <laughs> How am I going to manage that? At which point, now I've made this inherently flawed and counterintuitive character, yeah. and now I have something new and interesting to play with. 
because like I like it comes up over and over again, I never get to play. So when I get to play, it needs to be something new and fun and awesome. And so I have to build it from from the ground up. You will so. never get to play, Adam. That's we've we've determined that, and uh, we'll ensure that. Happens. Has it been a gentleman's agreement? I have I have a question though, because you mentioned <coughs> multiclassing. Multiclassing is it's not really popular with me. I'll maybe do it a little bit. I'll like dip in a couple of levels. Uh, Dan, we know is um, an, an I've never played a classer. I've never. Well, I've never. That's a bad way to put it. In fifth edition, I have never played a single class to com- like to completion. Like I, I always want to throw in little flavors. Throw in little Here's there. my question then: Before we we move on to the next part of the discussion, then is, do you believe that if you are going to multi class, you should be able to justify it, and it should either come from your backstory or there be a plot reason why you are multi class, or do you think that you can just wake up after leveling up and go, hey, I feel kind of druidy today? I I have three points. Okay. Uh, I'll and, let you and, go first. You and, did and initiative. I've done this with uh, some of my players uh, in other games in the past. I've done this with my my player now. Um, anything after the first dice is rolled on a, in any given campaign should happen for a reason. If you are putting more levels in fighter and you've already got levels of fighter, that means you are becoming a better fighter. If you are suddenly inspired to take that level of rogue because you want to dip a couple levels of rogue just to get expertise or whatnot there has to be an in-game story reason so like now my character that we've already talked a little bit today Lockie, he made a pact with uh elder god recently in order to ensure our party could get off the island we were on oh so when i hit my next level i'm taking a level in warlock because i have done this in the game now that throws off my progression. I'm one level away from my third attack as a fighter. And I'm sitting here going, oh, but I'm still going to take that level of Warlock because that's what the story is telling me and guiding me to do. Well, okay. All right. I have two thoughts about that. One, if you're rolling up a level eight character, you need to reverse engineer it the same way. If I'm five level fighter and three level cleric, you have to have a reason for going into the three levels of cleric. What's right? in the backstory? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so throw that in the backstory. Um, the other thing that I would say though is, you got to be really careful with that because now people are never, ever, ever going to be able to multi-class into Sorcerer because they have an inherent magic inside them. So I would say that, oh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm swinging my axe and I hit it and, all of it and, and I fart out a fireball by accident. I'm taking Sorcerer next next level. But well, what right? about uh, powers being awakened? And, and, yeah, know, I, I, I think, yeah. No, 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 but, but that, that's my character. point. But you don't need a backstory reason. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Okay, it's, yeah. So um, Sorcerer is the one exception. I would even say Wizard. If you can sit down to the spell book, you can just immediately go into Wizard. You don't need a long, drawn-out, I spoke to an Elder God-level right. reason. Just make sure that you are still mechanically able to multi-class in, because there are requirements you have to make to go there in. Is. If you want to be a wizard and you're a level and you have eight intelligence, it's not going to go well for you. That's not going to happen. Figure out a way to bring your intelligence up in the game. That might work and build your way up to it. That might work, but you still have to meet the prerequisites. Right, and that kind of I, I, for the second time today, Dan, I agree with you. And that's the twice in twenty I minutes. It's unbelievable. I'm just waiting for the day Adam goes. You're right, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it may happen. Um, <laughs> he's laughing. <laughs> No, okay, but. Oh my god, no, the going. solid peaks. Um, 
Yes, I believe it should be part of the story. Can be used in the backstory. I think we just need to be able to justify it. Okay, look, you guys, you do you at home. You play your own game the way you want to play it. My opinion seems to be that of Adams and Dan's as well. That we like to be part of our story, and I also think that you should discuss it with your DM. I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer that you should never hide anything from your DM. Never, ever, if something ever. is coming up in the story. Discuss it with the DM if you have an idea of where this may go. If you have died and you have been brought back to life through some ritual or through whatever, maybe there's a story arc either or a plot hook that we can use with regards to becoming a paladin or something like that. There's ways we can explore this. Yeah. Adam threw one on me once when you gave me a level in Warlock and I did not know it was coming. <laughs> I Because I accidentally made a deal with the devil. And he said... You, you didn't just accidentally made- do it? He's like, do you want this fancy new armor? And you went, yes, Okay, please. actually, yeah, yes. You're, okay, <laughs> I deliberately made the deal with the devil, but I did not think about the consequences. As I do in all things in my life. In my defense, which would be my t-shirt. In my defense, <laughs> I did not think about the consequences. So I made this deal, I got my fancy armor, and you said, you've just leveled up. Woohoo! And you went, in Warlock. And I was like, ah. But it turned out to be really awesome. Uh, so yes, I agree with you both. I think it should be part of the story, but that's not a firm rule. That's just what we like. Well, if you're going to be role-playing, you should be role-playing the character in the class that you are. If that class changes then you need to have a reason for it. Right. Yeah. Right, because you need to be able to role play that new thing. If you're a lawful good paladin and you take a level in warlock and you just forsake your god for a, for an arch fay, what does that do to your character? If you're like we're talking about role playing, you need to have a reason for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to be prepared for the consequences of it as well. Right? If you if you want to cross class into rogue and you get a little bit sneakier, people may trust you a little bit less. Right. That's just it. Depending on which rogue, I mean, you're swashbuckler. That's that may not apply. But if you're a thief, you go into assassin, then then yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, people maybe. are going to start watching you a little bit closer. Exactly. So yeah. so be aware of that. Completely agreed. A three way agreement. This is a uh, except this is except rare. whatever Dan said before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I already said I agree to them, but okay. Um, okay, I would like to move on to the next point, unless unless nobody has anything else for that. But first... How cool would it be to hear your company name on this podcast? Pretty stinking cool. It's a Mimic is ready to take our show to the next level. We want to partner with other awesome businesses to share your brand with our listeners. Please email us at info at itsamimic.com for advertising information. Voices, costumes, and Props. Lots of different opinions out there. Lots of different, I wouldn't say noise, but definitely voices. How to do this at the table. What to do, what not to do. What is a necessity, what is not a necessity. Let's talk about what we like. And what we think is a necessity to us. You guys want to roll? Sure. Yeah. Sorry. No, you get rolled in the box. <laughs> Actually, well, it's a matte. Look at the beautiful box. Sorry, I, did, I, did. I right. missed the box. Was it the same roll? My eyes. No, are, no I can't no, see. You went from fourteen well, to a nine. nine. Okay, I got a thirteen, Dan. I'm going last. Yeah, yeah you're going twice. Uh, so you're going again for the second time. Okay, so um, I'm going to go from the player perspective here. Um, sure. Mostly because when it comes to the DM perspective, uh, in doing voices and everything else like that, there is giants that you have to not have to giants that you feel opposed or feel up against when you see it. you see that like the matt mercers of the community who have oh, like you mean you're comparing voice, yourself yeah you compare, oh, comparison right? okay and as a dm i've got like even as a player i've got like three voices that i could use and i will use all three of them in various ways 
Um, I'm not Matt Mercer, and I and I don't feel like I should expect to be. So, like, there needs to be a little bit of variance there. But when it comes to players, um, your character voice and uh, all these other things help bring immersion to the table, and that's why we use them. And I'm a big fan of players using character voices to the point where if someone has committed to a character voice and they are talking at my table, after committing to a character voice, they're talking at the table, not in their character voice. Whatever they're saying isn't in character. And that's just kind of an at-table known thing. Right. Um, and I, I love that. I love the immersion it brings to the game where I could sit there and have a conversation with you. But the second I like crook my mouth up to the side and all of a sudden I'm lucky again and I'm talking to you <laughs> like this, like it, it's um, it, it brings a certain sense of immersion. Terry, your new character mm. and his lovely. OK, <laughs> I have two things. One. Yeah. Sitting across the table from someone who's British, who has like <laughs> this weird innate hybrid uh, no no accent. sense of accents like there's oh well, that's clearly a cockney accent and that's from lower london that one's from upper london that's just called whatever. being a person with an ear down <laughs> i i can't wrap my mind around that so like originally Lockie, like Lockley fidgety gibbons go uh boil like was gonna be irish he was gonna be so irish and then i sat across the table we're not I said popular three in ireland words. because of those names that you get i said i said three words with that accent, you looked at me, and I was just like, "All right, well, that's not that's not happening anymore." <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, really no, like I, I, it, it just that blew up. Oh, and, sorry, man, and, I didn't want to do that. Well, too. the thing is, like, and like I had been, we had had a month to like practice and like build up to these char new characters. I'm like, most of my time was spent after I wrote the story. Mm -hmm. It was spent on perfecting this accent, and then I sat down and it bombed. I'm like, crap. I think what I will say <laughs> is for what you're talking about, like being from the UK originally. Well, the accent changes every 10 miles or so. Mm -hmm. And so those accents I'm very much aware of because I was around them all the time. Also, I used to be in the army where there, I worked with people from 20 different places all the time, like in the same room as me. So it's only those accents that I'm familiar with. And I'm still getting it wrong, by the way. My character is Scottish. I don't know which city in Scotland he's from. It changes all the time. I will be infuriating people when I switch from Edinburgh to Inverness to Glasgow, like within the same sentence. But I just have a basic handle on some basic things that I stick to. And and this is one of the things with being Canadian. We're such a melting pot here where like our accent is going to be the same here as it is in Edmonton, like in Vancouver, as it is yeah. in Edmonton, as it is in. And like the further you east are you so go, thoroughly wrong. the further east you go, the more Canadian it gets and then you get in the Maritimes and you're not going to understand a yeah. single you thing. You can kind of spot what Canadians are more rural if, yeah. if you're used to it. But like my wife is American. She's from Ohio. There is very little accent differential oh, between oh, her and no, I. You're wrong. Oh, you're you're so wrong. wrong. Yeah, you just don't, you're tone deaf. First of all, shout right. out to Ohio. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Thank you. For, uh, thank you for my wife. Thank you for Shannon. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. No worries. Should I have said that? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Hey, also her last name and social security number. Uh, <laughs> just maybe, just edit the bit where I went. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, sorry. Were you finishing something? No, no, I was done. I was done. Like, I, I, I think accents bring people into the table. I think voices bring people into the game, engage them, and I, and I highly recommend them. Costumes are gimmicky and weird mm, and pull people out. Right. Like, and that's that's my opinion. It could bring people in, but like, I, I. I look through Instagram a lot and I see people like, here's my funny wizard hat for my wizard. I'm like, you pulled straight from 
uh, Mickey Mouse, like with all the stars and moons on it. I'm a wizard. <laughs> like, no, no, you're just wearing that hat. Um, people who wear like elf ears for the elf characters. It's like, okay, I can understand why, but that's not for me. Does it work for you, but you kind of appreciate it? I, 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 I appreciate people. it for me. It's gimmicky and, and it, it it's kind of like, yay, you got... Horribly, you got a top hat the same session after your character died that wore a top hat. Like, and like you were given the top hat, going, "You're going to be able to wear this all the time." No, wait, you're dead. (laughs) Like now, your dog is wearing the top hat. Well, we'll never know who to blame for that. Adam, it is your turn in initiative. (laughs) All right. So first of all, I want to point out, Dan, that you just gave ten minute reason of uh, why not to do voices, and then said that you like them. Because you're like, they bombed and it sucked and I didn't want to do it anymore. Your voices are fine. And I just want to throw that out there right now that you need to still do those voices. Because the point is, if it brings you in, then you do it. If it helps you with your immersion, then do your voice. Right? If that wizard hat helps you get into character because you're a comedic character. Yeah. Or this is a funny campaign, then wear it. Absolutely. But really know the tone of your table. Well, my, my point play. is, my point was like, if something bomb, like if a voice bombs, find one that doesn't. Find one that like still pursue that sort of immersion, right? Right. Okay, but what accent does a dragonborn have? What accent does a tiefling from Waterdeep, as opposed to Icewind Dale, have? We don't know. Make it up. And so, if it's sometimes British, sometimes Jamaican, then yeah, that's going to sound a little weird. Everyone's going to laugh for the first little bit, but they're going to get used to it by session three. Yeah. And that's kind of my point, is that whatever you do, commit to it. Yeah. Because if you commit, then you will have more fun, and it will become more engaging and immersive, and frankly, you will get better at it. Yeah. As someone who actually has voice training, I know a thing or two about this, and which is funny because I do no, no voices. voices. Yeah. I don't do voices at the table. What I do is character bodies, I do character mannerisms, and I work on my enunciation because there's a big difference between Adam speaking and someone who is also very specific about something. They've got a little bit of a nervous energy to them as well. I'm not doing an accent, mm-hmm. but you know now that I'm not me. Yeah. And so that would be my, my note for people that are doing voices is you don't have to do a quote-unquote accent. Think about the positioning of your tongue in your mouth. Think about whether or not you keep your teeth together when you speak. Right. Think about um, whether or not you have bad posture or you because you always sit up straight. You immediately become louder and your voice becomes deeper and you can get into it. I'm not actually doing a voice. This is not anything. It's just me in a different posture. Yeah. Right. And so that's what you should be thinking about is how does your character feel in your body, including your vocal cords? Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want to do and that's what you want to commit to, then do that. And if elf ears help you commit to the fact, wait, I'm an elf. I always forget that I'm an elf, but when I have these ears on that I really like and they're flashy and cool and I have fun showing them off because I spent 38 (laughs) bucks on them or whatever it was, and and it's or I made them at home myself, whatever it is, do it if it helps bring you into character because I think that that is the most important part. But if you are the only one showing up with a full like drow costume on and everyone else at the table is like dude what are you doing blackface is not cool get out <laughs> right i stopped listening for half a second <laughs> while i was getting ready for what my point was going to be and then i came back in on that in my mind and i was like what happened yeah. so so if you show up and you're the only one at the table in that's in full costume and everybody else is like 
man, we just got home from work. You're going to have to give me a minute. You may not be meshing with your party well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so be aware a little what everyone else is doing, but do what makes you comfortable. And this is a little bit of the, um, the part of the social agreement that you make, the mm. social mm-hmm. contract, um, and be upfront about it. And ask early on when you start session zero, are we doing costumes? Are we doing voices? What are people doing? And a lot of time people will be kind of indifferent about it. And at that point, do whatever you want. But if there are other people that are like, you know what? I, I'm from Australia. Please don't do an Australian accent. <laughs> that, I, that it's offensive to me to yeah. hear you do that. Then, then don't do it. But that's why, that's why we bring it up. The other thing I'm going to touch on really, really briefly is... Um, the thing that can bring you into the, um, that can ground you into your character is your character-based actions. You don't have to sing as a bard. I never understood these people, these DMs, that say, oh, you're a bard, you have to sing at the table. I don't know why we're punishing people for picking a class. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Well, that's what I was just saying to Dan before. Sorry, I'll let you go back real quick. Is when I was like, we were saying, you're not as smart as your wizard, but your wizard would know how to do this. I can't sing like Adam Levine, but my bard character can, or or yeah. whatever their skill is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm all for, I want to play a stand-up comedian bard. I think that's hilarious. And it's, <coughs> he's going to have a whole bunch of, of jokes that are dependent for each one of these, these spells that he tells. I think that's fun. Um, I also think that an insult comedian would be even funnier, Brilliant. right? But, but I'm going to write that stuff out because I want to do it. If I don't have the skill or I don't have the time or I don't have the interest in doing it, but I still want the mechanical benefits of playing a bard, I shouldn't be expected to have to do that. So it comes down to what you're comfortable with. I will encourage players that cast spells, though, especially with somatic components. Use your hands. Be really specific about waving your arms or your fingers or or flicking a magic missile or... Or blowing yeah. a gust of wind or whatever it is. Have fun with that at the table. That's a part of role playing yeah. that people lose because they're thinking about voices and costumes. And, so, and adding music, right? Or whatever it is that they're bringing to the table. Think about your body because there's a lot there that you can work with as far as somatic components or posture. Or when you say, so I'm going to point across the battlefield at that orc and I'm like, you point. Point at the table. One, Do that. It's fun. Get my, into it. My very first session playing in your guys' campaign, you handed Terry an item across the table. But it, it was pantomime. Like, there was a this thing in between. Not... And you reached across the table. And Terry, like, took the posture of Titus and went, Mmm, that's very interesting. Okay. And started looking at it in his hand. There's nothing there. It is empty space between two fingers. And Terry, like, joke. spent a good 30 seconds, like... Inspecting this thing that didn't exist. Terry and I do that about every single time. all the time. And then he put it down and moved on. And I'm just sitting there at the table going, We forget. Okay, I now know what kind of people I'm we playing always, with. Here. We always do it. Yeah. Adam and I always do that to each other. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. No, it's we it's do it. it's awesome. It, it like being able to like really pour into it. And and you hit music real quick. I'm a musician. Music to me is incredibly important in my games. Uh there's been a couple like big intense moments we've had in this campaign where all of us are so drawn in on the moment that we're forgetting the music. Yeah. Um, and that's something I like, yeah, I'm with and, you. And, and like those, those intense moments that we're drawn into. Yeah. We're drawn into, we're engaged, but if there was music, they would be that much more. 
I ran... I'm gonna get, we're going to go to music in just a second. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but hold on. I, I, before we get into the music, I want to talk about music. Uh, this, uh, is uh, why I, this is why I hate rolling less. <laughs> I never get to speak. Okay. My point is, though, that some people play D&D as a stress reliever at the end of a long week. Yeah. And they have top 40 going in the background. That's cool, too. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about music as a tool. But honestly, and I'm going to say this over and over again, you do you. Yeah. You do you, boo. Okay. Role playing a character. First of all, this is what I want to go through is because I always on my Instagram and on the podcast and things talk about setting a safe space and everyone feeling comfortable. And you made me realize something when you said about your character voice that I didn't know happened. You were like, you tried to use your Irish accent and I looked at you somewhere and you immediately shut it down. And I didn't know that until today. Oh, sorry. But I didn't know that happened. And that's obviously not what I want to do to you. So what made what it made me think is First of all, we got to make sure that we're setting comfortable atmospheres for each other yeah. for people to be because you're being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, you're playing a new character. You're trying something new. I think what I would have been doing there is, yeah, probably laughing, but more enjoying what you would introduce to us. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. This is who my character is, and I'd have been like, oh man, that's really funny, and kind of listening to you, knowing that you're trying to get to grips with the accent. I'd have been going, it's kind of funny watching Dan try to do this. No, he oh, sucks. I, 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 I tried it for like three sessions and each time it changed and it was pointed out that it was different. Yeah, well, we would drive home afterwards and I would and I would say, just keep doing it, Dan. Yeah. Because we carpool to and from D&D. So I'm like, Dan, just just go with it. Just do it. You can do it. And I, I, yeah, and my mistake was I didn't realize the effect that it had because... Because I make fun of myself when I mess my accents mm-hmm. up, right? I'm like, okay, went Jamaican for a second. I'll try to bring it back in. So what I was, what I did to what I do to myself, I did to Dan to another. But when you do it to another person, it's different, and I miss that. And that's that's, an, that's another important thing to talk about because Dan's like, yeah, don't wear your silly, stupid wizard hat. You're drawing me. You're dragging me out of it. Mm-hmm. And Terry's laughing at Dan's voice and stuff. No, you do you. And everyone, let everyone else you. do let, them. Let the, yeah. and, I, and I think we're fortunate in our group that generally we do that. Because, yeah. I mean, well, so we have four players and Adam is the DM. Yeah. The two of us like to do our voices. The other two don't, but they do what Adam says, which is they, their posture they're changes. Posture and they're, yeah. they're, their accent doesn't change. They're still acting. Changes. They're still role-playing. They both get not, very much into it. They just, and yeah, they all don't of this is and, okay. Like, role-playing as a thing is just far more open. Like, it's not structured. It's... You do whatever feels comfortable for you, right? That's right. And, and, if you, for me, and, if, and if you want to get better at it, go take an improv class because that's what this is. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And and so for me, when I'm um, doing like a funny uh, accent or not necessarily always funny, but like trying to do my accent, that's just because that's how I enjoy the game. I'm I am not a professionally trained voice actor by any means, but I'll just impersonate things that I know and I'll think that that's quite fun for me. So I'll do that. But I also understand that other people, even at our table, won't do that. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Sometimes everybody loses their accent and I'll just keep doing mine because it just helps me have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys are ready, we can move on to outside stuff, so music. And uh, well, now let's do a shout out first. Let's do yeah, a sure. First. Let's do a shout out. Who's telling us to do a shout out? Uh, I'll do a shout out, um, just because you guys don't seem to be ready. No, I have one. Oh, you have one? I'm right, asking, yeah, you go, you go. Adam, it is passive aggressive. You guys don't seem to be ready. I was giving someone else That was directly turn. aggressive. I don't know what you're talking about. Adam, it is overly aggressive. Just uh, do a shout out! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, as a lover of me... 
<laughs> as a lover. Okay, we're gonna have to edit this whole thing out. No, no, it's beautiful. This is all staying in. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm taking care of the peaks, and then the rest of this is getting out there. Okay. All right. My shout out goes to as a lover of memes is to the Break Your Heroes at Break Your Heroes D and D page. If you guys do not on follow, Instagram, on Instagram, yeah, on Instagram. If you guys do not follow Danny at at, at Break Your Heroes, her memes are incredible. Arguably, somewhat close to being almost as good as mine, but is an incredible Possibly. page. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe one day, stay in your box. But if you guys do not follow Break Your Heroes, <laughs> follow Break Your Heroes. Oh. Danny is hilarious and a great friend of mine. Far better than Send Noobs D&D. <laughs> yep. Okay, you guys want to talk about music? Um, yeah, well, we can if you'd like. Uh, Doesn't need to be music, but more outside influences at the table. Um, well, it for me, it's about the immersion of it, right? Like, it's about um, being able to pull things in. I, I once ran a game of the Hell House or Horror House, whatever it is. The Horror House? You mean Death House? Horror House. <laughs> horror. Horror All right, House. Everybody write in and tell us you heard horror or horror house. Uh, anyways, the Death House from the Curse of Strahd. I ran yeah. that with a group of my friends. And for some reason or other, I was prepared enough where I had spooky like atmosphere it doesn't even have to be music like atmospheric ambience 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 whatever um are you trying accents again <laughs> no, don't dance had some ambience i don't know how to say that word anyways so trying to say have amb- some are you trying to say ambience right now <laughs> are you, are, do you need an ambulance <laughs> <laughs> i love you guys and hate you all make so your part anyways Having that in the back, I had a player come up to me afterwards and be like, hey, can you not do the music next time? Because I'm legitimately scared to drive home at midnight by myself in my car right I love now. music. Right? So I, I love what music can do. It is something primal in us. Music drives us. Like, do it. Now, I also have a lot of friends who are deaf, so there's other ways that you're going to have to do it. But And I have a suggestion. One of the big things that makes a world of difference is from a theater background yeah. is lighting. Lighting. Yeah. Lighting. So, yeah. so if you're doing Curse of Strahd... Kill the lights, light the candles, mm-hmm. right? If you're doing Tomb of Annihilation, um, throw a, some sort of a, a green scrim over the, the lights because you're in the jungle, right? And have everything just be in a green uh, glow. If you're in the Underdark, put on only the background lighting and leave it kind of dim. And if, if you're meeting in like the random room in the back of a thing and you have one light in the middle of the room bring a lamp in bring candles in bring other things into the room to help it out right like i uh rolling dice and acting is clear the candles before you light open flame in the comic book store true 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 (laughs) true true. especially after last use use the oh uh, god we don't talk about that the led candles work too Right, yeah. you can get them at a dollar store for five bucks. Yeah, come on. What about so if you're if if you're do you control it as the DM or is that something you will assign to another player? Uh, I again am the lazy one. I am okay with the players knowing beforehand. Hey, this is going to be a bit of a spooky session. Bring stuff in, make it fun. I was gonna say theming your food for your breaks is is a lot of fun. Yeah, too. so like theme the food, have atmospheric music going all around. Uh, for your, if even on a more immediate level, for battle, have battle music. Have that heavy metal, like instrumental, da-da-da-da, da-da-da, like throw that in there because it. 
pulls people in. It adds immediacy to their actions. And if you have new players, you play the Instamim It's a Mimic podcast in the background Constantly. to give them tips and tricks when it's not their turn, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I will play always play else. this. Oh, yeah, always play this on the loudspeaker. I will play anything else. Okay, so the reason I asked about do you assign someone, because in our game, I guess I wasn't assigned. I just kind of took it upon myself. I'll just put music in the background yeah. while Adam's, Adam's busy running his game and is answering all these questions and doing all these things. So I just, you know, YouTube, search the music, put my phone to the side and kind of play it from there. Yeah, we got a commercial every now and again. It always comes at the right time. Yeah, but. yeah. It's always great with like an intense moment. It's been like, hey, go to McDonald's. I'm loving it. And I was like, uh. <laughs> or wherever you get your Pay us, from. McDonald's. That was a plug. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. But my point is, I do like to have music in the background as well. I don't like it to be too loud, but it definitely sets the atmosphere. We've had times at our table where some of our players have been like, you got to change the music. This is terrifying me right now. Or, you know. Yeah. Or it's pulling me out of it because it's it's jaunty tavern music. Because it didn't quite work. Yeah, yeah, and we're fighting a dragon. But honestly, as a DM, I don't even hear the music. I am so focused on the stuff going around or going on around me and what you guys are, are talking about. And I'm trying to stay four steps ahead of you at any given time. Mm-hmm. I'm never listening to music. Yeah. When it's, when it's on in the background, I'm aware of when it shifts or changes or when a commercial comes on. So music, to me as a dungeon master, pulls me out of it. But that's just me. You guys all like it, and I'm fine with that. It pulls me out for a split second, then I can dive right back into yeah. it. If you ever play in a game where I'm DMing and there is music, that means I've prepped. Like that's just that's that is the level of prep I do. Like I'll I'll choose a music for a scene before I'll draw a map for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it it all depends on what pulls you in, what pulls you out. But yeah, I personally do like music. I just want to uh, also just move into more. You talking about immersion real quick? Getting immersed as a team. Everybody's having their chance to role play. Should we roll initiative for this one? I guess we're roll initiative for yeah, this one. Yeah. yeah, we have rolled in a little while. Sure. Fifteen. Oh, I win! I finally win. Yes, six. I got seven. I'll go second. Adam goes first. Dan, as he should, goes last. So sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> um, you, you were saying though about immersion. Yes, uh, and and working together as a team while we're role playing. Sometimes it's just a person's time because it's relevant to their backstory or their conversation with, with that NPC is directed towards them or the party has been split because you're in a marketplace and we're doing different things where it's a person's time to go. How do you judge it? Um, how do you work together as a team when it comes to role playing? Uh, I think that there are a couple of things. All right, so I am not a big fan of phones at the table. I'm a big fan of not pulling focus from other players. If it is Dan's turn to talk to the merchant, I don't want there to be another conversation across the table about how good or bad the Dark Tower movie was. Um, but that, that, that's a real thing that happened. Um, but um, there was a, a... There's definitely a time and a place for everyone to be paying attention. If it is an engaging enough story, then everyone will be paying attention, especially if Dan is going off to get the anchor that we need to replace the one that just got bitten off by a were shark. I'm making stuff up now. But but so we need a new we need a new anchor. I'm terrified by the idea of were sharks and I know for a fact Adam has them. I made a mental note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway. <laughs> anyway. So so, so did Adam. No so, self. Tiger shark. So <laughs> part tiger, part shark. Part shark. So um Dan is sitting there and he's trying to get this anchor and if he doesn't get it the entire party suffers as a result of it. So there's weight to this. There are real stakes. If Dan wants to go... There's yes. weight to the anchor. Yeah, I, did, I, I, didn't want to. So I didn't want to, but it was there. Yeah, so, okay. um, so the point is that there has to be 
an engaging reason behind it. If Dan wants to go shopping to upgrade his his quill and ink, then man, we will hit that before, after a session or during midweek content. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in midweek content, and that is a future topic. Yeah, but um, that's not for the table. Anything that happens at the table should have. If it doesn't include everyone, it should affect everyone. And that's where I come at it. It's a DM. And again, this really comes from a, a super prepping um, position on this. W- for example, we know in the next session that you guys are about to play, <coughs> the four-person party is splitting three ways. That is coming. Yeah. And it was telegraphed by one of the NPCs that this is coming. And I'm sitting here. I've been sitting here for a couple of weeks now because we've had a break. With... Um, I would almost say anxiety about is this going to be engaging enough for everyone else around the table when I split it? How is this going to affect everyone? And is Dan, for example, going to be comfortable sitting there for an hour listening to Terry talk to someone else or listening to Casey and I going off back and forth about something, right? Is this going to be engaging enough? How do I bring their attention into this? Make them run NPCs. So uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll make you run NPCs in combat. Sometimes I'll make you run monsters in combat. So you're trying to kill them. Um, Sometimes uh, I will just have to pull out the bag of tricks and bring in more interesting NPCs that I normally wouldn't have brought in. Oh, there's a merchant. He's a dwarf. Well, no, now this merchant likes to teleport around his shop. He's a little bit crazy. His energy is through the roof. And I'm dragging everybody else in because of my performance is now better. Mm-hmm. So that's me as a DM and how I, I, I try to bring everybody in. As a player, if it's not my turn, there are three things that I feel like I'm, I should be doing at a table. Listening, that's one. Reviewing my notes, that's two because I'm a big note taker. And, um, and prepping ahead of time what my strategy will be on the next thing. But I don't coach. If Dan is sitting there talking to Terry who's DMing and they're in the marketplace and I'm sitting back twiddling my thumbs, I'm not sitting there going, oh, 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 I'm also with Dan. Like, no, you're not. You stayed at the ship. Oh, okay. Well, Dan, this, Dan should say this. This is when no. I show up. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, you, you're in your character. You're role playing. You stay where you are. You do your thing. And, and it will pay off. But it's Dan's turn now. Yeah. And because I run a fluid world where every decision matters... Um, and the world will move on without you if you're not doing anything. Everything that Dan is doing right now will affect you. Yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons why I run a campaign my way. Um, I've I've actually had a lot to, to say on this, but I it was me next. Oh, yeah. It's you. yeah. I I'm I'm with you on some things. Here's what I don't like. I don't, I don't appreciate when things get missed because not everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. I will give you your time, your twenty minutes to have your scene if it is important to you. I expect that in return. I expect it other people, even if parties get missed. It's it's it takes me out of the game if we're doing something. Oh, that doesn't affect them. We're we're gonna do this later, and I'm like, well, that's pretty. If it's pivotal, that's important. I want to listen to that. I need to see what. Also, and if but if it's my time to do my thing, I'm not gonna get immersed in that in unless we do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, where are we going? What are we rushing around for? This is the game. We're doing the game right now. This is my 20 minutes here. Someone else can maybe come in and then we'll do yours. Yes, usually we're all together, but let's not skip things just because it's this one person which is there. The only time that I'm willing to skip things, and I, I said that before, another thing that I'll do 
is to have long conversations between one person and NPC. Mm-hmm. But if you've never met this NPC, hey, we're back in town, and this it's part of the backstory that that the rogue has a fence that's willing to turn turn these gems into gold and whatnot. Yeah, and you say to the to the rogue, okay, it is your job in the midweek to get either um, this amount of money for it or maybe an item that can do this. They will then come back at the next session and say, I did this. Yeah. Right? That makes sense because you weren't there for that. Mm-hmm. Even though it's important, you weren't there. And then, of course, I have the players summarize what happened in midweek. Um, but it's it's important to, you're right, to hit all of the notes that are going to affect absolutely everybody. But one of the things that we focus so much on is the concept of it being a collaborative storytelling game. And that's what this is about. A lot of people only run combat to combat to combat to combat to combat. Right. That's it. So when it comes down to the, hey, I want to go in and I want to talk about up uh, upgrading my rations, for example, the DM will go, yeah, sure, do that. Uh, knock 20 gold off of, your, off of your sheet. You get 40 days of rations. All right, here we go next. Yeah. Right? Some people run fast games like that because that's they see fine. It. Yeah, and, and it's fine. That's not how I do it. <laughs> And in my opinion, that's not really role playing. Mm-hmm. That's playing the mechanics. Well, also, how likely am I going to be to try and role play my character if, at the times that I'm thinking it's a time, it it's being shut down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. The, the DM is telling me essentially, you're wrong for thinking this. No, we don't do that. We're going. Or over that's here. not important. That's not the important. Tables, the, the to me, space. if we're going into a marketplace and you're expecting me to role play my character. If I'm looking for something, I'm negotiating with that merchant. I'm playing that scene out. A million things can happen in a marketplace at any time. It can become part of the story. You can see other people around you. Mm-hmm. you. You may see someone that you weren't supposed to see. So many things, but when that gets brushed aside, yeah, 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 you do that. We're going over here now. You're saying what you want from this game is not important. I think this is more important than that. If you run into that happening at your table, then that do not bring it up during the session. Wait until the session is over and sometime between the end of this session and the beginning of the next, sit down with your dungeon master and have an adult conversation about the expectations. And when you have that, you must be prepared to compromise. Because if they say, hey, we don't have time for this, then that's the answer. Because you don't have time. Maybe you're only getting together for 90 minutes a week. Mm, You don't have time to go spend 45 minutes at the market. True. Right? So... Make sure that the DM, who's in charge of a lot of the pacing and knows what the story is and is reading the table better than you, make sure that they know of your concerns and expect them to, over the next few sessions, slowly adapt. Don't look for an immediate catering to you, the player. Yeah. Okay? So, and again, it'll take a little bit of time. And so maybe after the next session, you got 10% of what you were looking for. You know you're only going to get 60% of what you're looking for. But you only got 10. So when you say to the dungeon master, hey, that was great. I really liked when you did this and this. Keep up the good work. I look forward to doing more of this in the future. That is the indication that they need instead of you saying, hey, ass face. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. so remember, collaborative, collaboration is the key. Mm-hmm. And, and that also is if you are the person sitting off on the sidelines while someone else is doing that, that is not your time to speak up. Uh, your voice, you if you are a player at a table, you are one of four people who are all trying to tell a story 
uh, from their character's perspective. And you know, how seven people. Like, or, or whatever. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. It, with our table, there's five people at that table. Each one of us is trying to tell a story together. What that means is not one of these four players is the quote-unquote hero of the story, the main protagonist. Yeah. All four of them are. So if it is not your chapter to speak, it is not your chapter to speak. Sit down, pay attention, but stay silent. And and this is a problem I've had in, in games. This is a problem I've seen on tables. This is a problem I've heard from you guys out there coming to us. This has been a problem. This adult conversation, when someone makes a character choice you don't like, or when someone is doing a thing uh, that you might not think matters, wait till after the game, sit down, have a conversation. Do not speak up in that point because then you are the ass face. Yeah, well, and remember, you're going to play, what, 20 sessions on average? Most yeah. most campaigns yeah. go 20 sessions before something comes up that derails them. So 20 <laughs> sessions of an average of three to four hours each. Yeah. Right. That's 60 to 80 hours of gameplay. You can sit still for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right, if you don't like it and you think that you're the only one sitting still repeatedly for two out of the three hours, yeah, bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But be aware of your table. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to stop and pull the immersion of other people out. Yeah. Because you have an issue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know what you just kind of made me realize there, Dan, is is sometimes people go in wanting different things from the game, as we know, right? So, for example, I know something that's, um, that when we were starting our new campaign, Adam, something <clears throat> excuse me, that's frustrating for Adam with me was when I was, when I was doing my backstory, you were saying to me, what do you want? What does your character want? But that's not what I was thinking about for the game because I enjoy the storytelling so much. I like watching other people. I didn't even think about what my character wants. I was just mm. so excited about our necromancer character that we had. And then when we got a new player and she had her story going on, I get so invested in that. When you were saying to me, what's your character want? I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Because I'm don't, I don't want to be the hero all the time. I like yeah. the story. But there are players out there where they think that they're the most important person. And they have all of this stuff. So it's finding that balance, yeah. right? And it's... And, Sometimes I say you don't realize what other people are thinking because you don't expect them to think differently to you. And that's really the problem that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to like sitting back, this is also when it comes to major character choices that other people have around the table and how they're playing their character. Um, One of the big (coughs) things I always find gets brought up when someone's not playing the character the way I think they, or the way a different player thinks their character should be played. Oh, you're this alignment. You wouldn't do that. I'm glad the fifth had to step back from alignments. I, I am say, so glad, right? Like, because alignments were just an excuse to tell other people how to play. Yeah. yeah. What? There's only and six like, different ways that you could act in the life ever, right? And, and like it's it's your lawful good paladins being lawful stupid. It's your uh, chaotic cha- neutral. Your chaotic neutral just being the loners that are going to do whatever they want and screw the rest of the party. It's like no, that don't make that choice. And this is something that DM should establish beforehand. Players, you should know before you start playing. This is a, and we're going to beat this drum a lot, this is a collaborative storytelling game. If you are playing a type of character that is resolute in his uh, ways of being a dink to the other people at the table, you need to fix your character. Something's broken. Well, it's it's not even that. I'm going to go a step further than that um, because you're right. Uh, but Oh my god. No no, oh, no, 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 no. Say but, it again. Say it again. But no, 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 just, you weren't 100% right. The first two words again. Right. The first two so words that's again. what's important. So, uh, the thing about this is you can be 
Absolutely, that character that doesn't want anything to do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But by the end of session one, their big call to action, the thing that matters to them the most, they're sitting in the corner of the tavern at the very beginning, and orcs bust in, and everybody gets into a big fight. One on the oh, we have to go fight the orcs, and they go off. That's how session one ends. We're going off to the orc encampment for session two. Why is your character going? What changed? What is this call to action? What has what character development? has happened within the last session to marry this character to this party because now that is more interesting than just another guy who drinks alone. So have your assassin decide, hey, you know what? This lawful good paladin is going to give me a whole lot of reputation here, which is going to get me out of the eyes of Johnny Law, right? They're not going to be looking so closely because I'm hanging out with these guys. There's always a benefit to being in a yeah. party, especially in a medieval world where life is tough and, and hit points are cheap. Exactly. Right? You're yeah. going to die if you are on your own. Yeah. So, and then and this is going to bleed into a topic that we will definitely hit later of inter-party politics and, and how to handle that out of game, how to handle that in game. Remember that you are at this table for a reason and it is to play a game with your friends, even if they're new people that you just met. So like, Play the game and don't alienate anybody. Yeah, like I know, I know you're invested in your dick. character and your character maybe so steadfast in their beliefs on this and thing. But remember, there's so many of us, and we all have these different characters. We can find a way to make it work because we've all had those situations where you sat and you've thought about your character and you've thought, why would my character even be with this person? Why would I hang around with this person? They clearly do not stand by my so values. Or, or find a reason, or even worse than that. Everyone's going left, but I really want to go right, so screw it, I'm going right. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Find a reason to go left. Find find the reason. Find and that reason want. can be because everyone else is doing it yeah. and that and there's safety in numbers. And and, and th- you bring that into also like don't steal from the party. Like don't I don't know. Party. I don't know. If I'm a thief, I'm gonna want to steal from the party. I mean we had Duke steal from Lockie all of the time, right? But nothing important. Well, gold. But yeah. but if if you want to steal like their weapon and whatnot. Glad that guy's dead. I think that you should go ahead and do that with a social contract ahead of time. And again, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Right? There should be a social contract in place that the DM and both party members are aware of and have agreed to beforehand. Mm-hmm. Because what's more fun? The guy drawing a sword and, and going to fight again, or the guy reaching for the sword at the beginning of initiative and going, wait a minute. And the player going, oh God. And the rogue going, sorry. <laughs> and as an interaction, handing them their sword, right? Like, that is a funny moment. You have to <coughs> use up an interaction. But that is a funny, memorable moment of this story that you are telling, mm-hmm. not of the game you are trying to win. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know we covered everybody's broad strokes there. Does anybody have any last points that they want to put forward on roleplay, collaboration, teamwork? As far as teamwork goes, um, I just want to go on the record saying that Dan was mostly right, but not 100%. Mm. He, he just can never be 100% right. Because there's always something about him that's a little wrong. I love you too. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, for once, I have a victory. I have a small victory that I could grasp onto and take with me after we're done recording this. <laughs> and I'll be able to sleep at night because Adam has finally agreed that I'm right about something. Look, look, it, right now, but if you want a victory, then explain to me why I should be listening to actual play podcasts. Why That's what should? it was. I was trying to think what I was so keen to go back Inspiration. to. Inspiration. 
I'm inspired enough by books and TV and and movies and a thousand other ways. Yeah, but video games. but you can find inspiration inside these games. So that's one of the reasons why I listen to things like Critical Role and I listen to. These yeah, but everybody's things. listening to Critical Role. I don't. You know, these guys will go on forever. So I'm going to end the podcast. And you guys can continue your argument, and it's we mi- will. It's a mimic podcast. They'll continue. You guys are lucky. You get to leave. Uh, we'll see you next time. No, see the problem with actual play podcasts is they're instructing you on how to play the game instead of just allowing you to discover it yourself. No, they're they're actively showing you ways that other people are interpreting the rules that you can use in your own. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Thank you.